When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Derek here. This week's episode is all about street names, particularly in Dublin, but in Ireland in general. Patter and I are going to talk about problematic names, the value of names as historical markers or as historical discussion pieces, the importance of local heroes, and the red tape associated with bylaws for naming and renaming streets. We'll be right back after this message. This week's episode of Mother Folklore is made possible by the generous support of our supporters on Patreon. Supporters like David Carroll and Andrew Regan. Mila Buikas, David Ois Andrew. Patreon supporters enjoy a number of benefits. One of our bonus offerings is live stream Q&A sessions with past Motherfucker contributors. Recently we chatted with our latest guest, Maeve McDade, who even had more to say about football, along with sharing some other thoughts about living in England as an Irish woman. Obviously I recognise my migration as being something a lot more significant than kind of moving from like Sheffield to London. You know, I'm, I'm coming from a different country, a different place with different values and different ideas. And it, it came up for me, particularly during the repeal movement, whenever lots of Irish people were talking about the legality of abortion in the UK and us having to go, well, actually, it, it's not legal in the UK. And it was a massive surprise to a lot of particularly people in England, that within the UK, abortion was still illegal. And that got me really thinking about the importance of language and being specific and correct about the language that we're using. So that was Maeve. It's a good one. Hope you enjoy. From the Heads of Podcast Network, welcome to Motherfucklore Podcast Out Words. Irish. Irish words and words from Ireland. I am Dara Cochet. And I'm Padder Quilonic. Hey, getting on, Padder? Yeah, good. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, planning my next trip to a green list country. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, listen, enjoying, enjoying the time at home, trying to make the best of a bad situation. We will look back in future years at this lockdown and you know i think i think it's it, it's it's up to us really to try and find what positives we can at the moment because uh, yeah. it's really really tough it's tough on a lot of people I, i'm lucky i've got my family around me it's it's good but uh you know it's tough for a lot of people so i think we should try and find the positives where we can how are you i'm doing okay i do miss kind of going into the city center every day uh, I, do, I do love dublin very much and but it's um i suppose at the same time we're grateful to be at home and for my my children and my wife to be well since we last recorded patter uh, we ireland lost one of its uh, one of its greatest sons 
Yeah, John Hume, um, a massive, massive loss to people uh, of this island. Um, an incredible hero to so many people. I met him a couple of times because uh, he was uh, one of the most famous uh, alumni of uh, Maynooth University where I went. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually met him at like honorary conferings and when, when we named a building after him and named a scholarship after him and his wife, Pat, he was at a couple of ceremonies and I, uh, I got a gig serving booze at them and oh. yeah i got to meet him and had a conversation with him very very briefly but like what a talent he had to just make you feel like the most important person in the room he, he was really he was he was funny he was uh warm uh, kind of acerbic as well like he, mm-hmm. he, he was sarcastic but uh very witty and yeah just just an incredible person a big big hero of mine and, and we are we are much the worse for his loss like yesterday or ever on him Exactly. Uh, we were we are definitely worse for his loss. And may his memory be a blessing. It's something that was already being discussed in the um, in the weeks beforehand. In the context of the Black Lives Matter protests around the world, was um, while we don't have a lot of statues in Dublin, particularly, we we have a lot of maybe street names, maybe that people have um, have a disconnect from. And it did occur when, upon John Hume's passing. People said, "Well, why don't we have a street?" in Dublin, named after uh, John Hume. And we do already have a Hume Street, but it's a different Hume. Yeah. But it was suggested that, you know, we've, you've got um, Parnell Square and O'Connell Street and Westmoreland Street's right before it. And having three streets in a row named after three kind of great, kind of um, peaceful leaders, w- w- we would feel very significant and powerful. And it was, it was something that came up and then people were saying, who is Westmoreland anyway? Ah, yeah, that's a that's a good question. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it is of course um, the Earl of Westmoreland because a lot of these streets that are named uh, in Dublin, um, they are they're not named for people's um, surnames. Mm-hmm. The funny exception being um, Hume Street, uh, which is located between Eli Place and Stevens Green. It doesn't really have anything on it except a couple of buildings. I think there's a one of the big recruiting companies has its headquarters there. It's named after Sir Gustavus Hume because he was Baronet Hume. Um, yeah. So, but normally, um, you know, it was named after somebody's title. So that's why you have Westmoreland Street after the the Earl of uh, Westmoreland. Uh, you have uh, Anglesey Street after the Earl of Anglesey. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, in, in particular, the Westmoreland Street is named after a guy called John Fane. Uh, who was Lord Burgish until 1774 and then was uh, made uh, Earl of Westmoreland, uh, succeeding to the earldom after his father died. Um, and then in 1789, he was made Postmaster General. And then uh, in 17, when was it? 1789 as well, he was uh, also made Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. And he was Lord Lieutenant of Ireland for uh, five years. So I mean, this is a street that is named after basically the colonial administrator um, yeah. so yeah it's kind of a hangover you know very much so and it's it's funny that when in the early days of the free state like uh, obviously Sackville Street was renamed and Brunswick Street was named after Epic and became Pierce Street and Westmoreland somehow escaped the chop at the time yeah I think it's kind of um I don't know what it was. Did we just run out of like Patriot Dead to name things after, or did we just decide that Fane was sort of less of a baddie than the mm. rest of them? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why exactly um, 
Brunswick Street was chosen, you know, for 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 renaming. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was called Great Brunswick Street because it was named after like the house of Brunswick Luneburg, the 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 royal house that King George had descended from. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't know why that's different. You know, you can name that after. Um, you know, Porrick and William Pierce, that's great, that's fantastic. But I don't know why you wouldn't rename Westmoreland Street. But I think in the twenty first century we just get into this um we get into this weird sort of dynamic where we look at things and the same thing uh, the same thing happens in the US where they're, they're having the debates about the statues and they're you know even in Britain where they're pulling down statues of slave owners and all that you get the most reasonable people just the most uh, upstanding citizens looking at this and going why would we rename that why would we take it down it's always been there and that that's a yeah. very very powerful driving force like that we um we 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 but we've always had it that why would we do it any differently why wouldn't we man let's chop yeah, and change it is it's, it's a funny one and then you, I suppose you, you get used to things and one of the things particularly about statues is they they basically they do declare their own importance and and obviously in, in street names you generally for the whole idea of naming a street after someone is that it's not going to change very easily that people you want people to know who this person is in, un, in 100 and 200 years time and the other hand people say how how often do you learn something from a street and I'd say if in your home in your hometown you learn a bit about what um the history of your local area maybe but maybe not so much in the capital city and i'd say while brunswick street had a direct connection with the pierces because they grew up there uh maybe maybe chances are no one was living in westmoreland street who had a connect none of the rising leaders had a connection to that particular street because it's fairly small and it's mostly a thoroughfare and whereas as opposed to maybe um o'connell street being the idea was it was it was urgently significant and they wanted it to be um that particular name yeah yeah i mean i suppose but like the sackville thing like the a lot of the streets in dublin like they're 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 named after not so much the colonial oppressors or, or the administrators but they're named after wealthy landowners yeah. from when dublin started to become a modern european city so in and around the um the the what, the 17th century, I suppose, you started to see a lot of these streets form. And in the case of, we still have Sackville Place, we don't have Sackville Street anymore, yeah. but Sackville Place, just leading off O'Connell Street, is named after um, a wealthy landowner in the city who was the son-in-law of one of the wealthiest and vainest landowners, uh, Henry Moore. Yeah. Um, after whom we, at one stage in Dublin, had a staggering five streets named directly after. After Henry Moore. Um, after Henry Moore, yeah. So, I mean, this guy, uh, I, and first of all, shout out to a, a brilliant uh, history blog called Come Here To Me, all about Dublin's folk history. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine, Donald Fallon, was one of the historians working on that blog. It's kind of on hiatus now at the moment. Donald is concentrating on, on uh, podcasting and other um, new projects. Uh, but they signposted me, if you'll pardon the pun, to this blog called mm-hmm. Wide and Convenient Streets of Dublin. And I learned all about... Uh, this thoroughfare that we used to have in Dublin called Of Lane. Of Lane. Which is one of, Of Lane, mm-hmm. yeah, O-F, like Of. It's one of the strangest ones, but there was this chap who bought a bunch of land. As he bought a bunch of land, he, he was an adventurer, he's a planter. He came over with the Royalist armies um, and fought in the, the wars of, of the, the Irish Confeder- um, Confederacy. Uh, and uh, his name was Henry Moore. And he was made Earl of Drogheda. So the dude's name and title was Henry Moore, Earl of Drogheda. <laughs> and from that, we got Henry Street, Moore Street, 
uh, North Earl Street, which was originally just Earl Street, and Drogheda Street, which used to be the bottom half of O'Connell Street. So you had Sackville Street came down as far as Abbey Street. Mm-hmm. Then you had a much narrower street called um, Drogheda Street that went down to the river. And then there was this little tiny connecting um, alleyway between two of the streets, and he called it Ove Lane. So like this vain gobshite <laughs> decided to name streets of Dublin after every single one of the elements of his name. So we had an Ove Lane. Now we still have Henry Street, we still have Moore Street, we still have North Earl Street. Yeah. Um, but like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's mad. Like these guys just came in. And this is not like, this is not a case of, you know, um, people having streets named after them for something amazing that they've done, like the debate is now at the moment, like, like mm. we're talking about with Hume, or, or like it was with O'Connell Street and Parnell Street and Pierce Street and, you know, all of the other ones where, where we took it on ourselves to rename these streets. Yeah. These were guys who came in and was like, no, I own this land. I'm fucking saying what it's called. And that's where we get Sackville Place. And that's where we get Jervis Street after Humphrey Jervis, a wealthy landowner, former Lord Mayor of Dublin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we get so many of these um, these street names and and like what is our connection to them why why are we still why are we still calling them this why would we not you know mm. g- give the place a new name and you, you raise a point there in that uh, these, these were named initially after these kind of wealthy landowners and then after, since then maybe some of the names have taken on their own significance and i'm thinking especially moore street is a part of dublin has a very specific kind of a personality it has very people have a strong connection i think renaming moore street would probably get a certain amount of resistance and it doesn't it, it stopped belonging to henry moore a long time ago and it started very much belonging to uh, to, it became very much Dublin, whereas um, Henry Street, I, yeah. I, I dare say you you could stand on Henry Street and ask a hundred people who what Henry is named after. And I surprised you, you got one. Nah, so they probably think one of the kings or something yeah. like that, you know, King Henry VIII or, or one of those. But yeah, you're right. Like sometimes it just, like I know that there's that strong argument of like it's always been that way. But then sometimes you try and imagine, like could you imagine Grafton Street being anything but Grafton Street? Yeah. yeah like, And yet it's named after a chap called Henry Fitzroy who was the illegitimate son of King Charles II. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like Dawson Street. Dawson Street is Dawson Street. The mansion house is on Dawson Street, named after a wealthy family who bought land in the area. Area. yeah like you know it's it's like these they're so ingrained like you know what i mean it's 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 unbelievable like so like joshua dawson was a, a city architect yeah had a load of land and laid out laid out Anne street laid out harry street dawson street all named after members of his family and then sold a bit of land to um henry fitzroy uh the son of charles the second and his family and it became grafton street and it's just yeah, like we 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 know these places, we love these places, but like, yeah. why did we miss the opportunity to start calling them really cool shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a hundred years ago. Absolutely, no. It's 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 certainly a conversation worth having, and I know. I mean, that on one level, you it's it, there's something nice about returning to a city and seeing things are the same, and it can be traumatic. Some people find it very surprising. Um, Marianne Satrapi in her book Persopolis about kind of um, about growing up in in Iran and coming back, living in Austria for a while as a teenager, coming back during all the com- the various wars and conflicts that happened there. Talked about how kind of uh, all the street names had changed. They were just being renamed named after martyrs, and then there were so many martyrs that the their names became they got renamed again and again and again. And how some of some of those renamings can can actually lead to people using the old names. Like I, 
I remember that uh, there was um, a cafe in even in Belfield in UCD. It officially was called Finnegan's Break. Hmm. Uh, yeah, right. But everyone called it Hilpers. And the idea was uh, if somebody was, was referring to it as Finnegan's Break, it meant they were either a visitor or a first year. And uh, everyone locally called it Hilpers because that's the name, the name it was. And I think there, maybe, there may have been some kind of a, a down with change attitudes to when, when it became called Finnegan's Break. So maybe some people thought it was tacky. I think they may have put an apostrophe between the N and the S, which showing that the person making the Joyce reference wasn't... Um, what well, well, wasn't as uh, wasn't as conscious of maybe Joyce's feelings or not, but it was. Oh um, my god! So like the coding is everywhere. Yeah, the coding yeah. is everywhere, <laughs> and then <laughs> so then and then you think about possibly there are. I remember meeting a um, when I was doing a job interview. What there there for a company? The receptionist was from Russia, and she said, you know that um, you know that she was from was it St. Petersburg, and it was, St. Petersburg was Leningrad, wasn't it, or was that Stalingrad? It was, yeah, yeah. St. Petersburg was Leningrad. And she said... And it was Petrograd and that was St. Petersburg again. And then she said, yeah, that, that she um, she's from St. Petersburg, but she didn't miss St. Petersburg. She missed Leningrad. And that's what she was saying. <laughs> you know, she made this very point. And on one level, there is a risk of, or that renaming a street is... It's one of these moments when they say about, about culture and eating strategy for breakfast that people will still use the old name. Um, in some cases, if they really like it, and it's worth kind of being conscious of that I think if you if you named more street a Hearn Street or something, people would would, would con- of all the choices, <laughs> yeah, they would they would continue to call it more street. Whereas I dare say there's some other streets which, which you know are ripe for reconsidering. Yeah, and and they're kind of the ones that aren't burned into the Dublin consciousness, like the ones that don't have songs written about them. Like you're not going to rename Raglan Road or Grafton Street, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there are loads of streets that are named after people that we really, I don't know if we should be celebrating. Like there's, mm. there's, there's two, two Lord lieutenants in a row that were responsible for the, um, the British response to the, the, the Gertha Moore, the great potato famine, the great hunger, mm-hmm. um, uh, like Baron Hatesbury and Baron Bespera. So, like, why would we still have, um, you know, Hatesbury Street and, and Bespera Avenue and Bespera Place? Yeah. Why wouldn't we think about, like, and again, nobody knows where Hatesbury Street is. Yeah. So why would you, why would you not uh, get rid of it? And also, I think one of the things I remember when there was a discussion about um, when they were building a new bridge. And they, they built a few new bridges and uh, some of them were, you know, were named after writers. And there was, you know, there's a discussion in the paper, but there was, I actually felt that while people don't learn much history from the existing street names necessarily, Dublin City Council's engagement with citizens uh, to find out who to name a bridge after actually did lead to some very interesting discussion. And the Rosie Hackett Bridge, Rosie Hackett is someone who was very important in Dublin history, who might have, you know, people who deserve to be more well known the discussion was was very useful even the people who who near who, who this bridge nearly got named after having them being discussed in the national mm. in the national media for a few weeks that was definitely useful probably led to some people doing uh, leaving cert history projects and or other work on these people who, who might not otherwise be remembered or even just looking them up on Wikipedia, or even adding to their Wikipedia articles, doing mm-hmm. a bit of research and helping out. Like it's it's great. Uh, I actually had a letter in the Irish Times, a letter published in the Irish Times about that bridge. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, I did because there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not it should be named after uh, one of Ireland's greatest Olympians, Katie Taylor. Oh yeah. 
Uh, uh, so I took the opportunity to write to the Irish Times and say, "Am I the only one that doesn't want to cross Katie Taylor?" <laughs> you know, she's got that she's got that mean right hook. I don't want to cross her. Damn right. Um, yeah, that was just a shite joke. But um, I'm no big fan of of it being named after Rosie Hackett, like mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Um, the role of women in the in the Easter Rising and the War of Independence, while it's probably not fair to say it's completely downplayed because everyone has heard of Constance Markovich. Yeah. There are certainly loads of people who are involved in the Rising, like 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 Kathleen Lynn uh, and and others who whose role has been slightly downplayed and maybe just sort of pushed to one side. And, and you know, many of us are familiar with that famous picture of uh, Pierce uh, where it had been sort of I don't want to say photoshopped, but it had been airbrushed to make it look like you know it was it was Pierce standing on his own, um, you know, surrendering yeah. um, as opposed to. You know the original one, which the original photo, which included Elizabeth O'Farrell, who carried the surrender. So seeing Rosie Hackett on her for that, also the role of the trade union movement and and, and her importance to the trade union, and and just the fact that we just didn't have enough bridges named after women. You know, it's yeah. I think well, it's we didn't class. have any. It was great. But one thing we have to be very very clear about mm-hmm. is they should really only be named after people who have already died. And this is the, this is one of the rules, and obviously, so, one of the rules that the Dublin City Council has some bylaws in respect of naming of streets, um, squares, and statues, and one of them is either 20 years dead or a centenary of their birth. Yeah, whichever, whichever yeah. one is, um, whichever one is soonest. Yeah, so if you, if, say, so that in this case, for if we were considering John Hume, it would take another maybe 17 years, I think, to, before we could consider uh, a street being named after him. Um, yeah, it would take that. I just need to just very quickly look up John Hume's date of birth. 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would. It will take another 17 years. You're dead right. Yeah. I, I mean, I know obviously like Dublin City Councillors could, could pass a motion to change that bylaw um, either on a one-off or, or, yeah. or an ongoing basis. I think... I don't know what it is. I think I think we, we we kind of get into a rush to commemorate and celebrate things really really quickly as well. Like this is, John Hume's legacy won't go away. Yeah, and it's kind of okay if we put in place plans to celebrate it more at some stage into the future. It'd be lovely to see something sooner rather than later. Obviously, mm-hmm. but I mean, if the street name rules say we have to wait seventeen years, grand, grand, that's great. And then let's rename. Westmoreland Street or Hatesbury Street or Bespera Place mm-hmm. or God, there's so many of them. There, you know, there are and <laughs> Anglesey Road. <laughs> like this, Anglesey Road actually brings up another point on naming, which we will return to after this short break. When it comes to understanding political issues, I am a self-confessed toddler. That's why I've enlisted the help of Steve, my politically savvy drinking buddy, to help me better understand politics. Every couple of weeks, we get together and record on topics like what is the politics of language, what is Watergate, how the internet is killing democracy. We take these big issues and we break them down into silly little comedic bite-sized bits. If you like the sound of that, then search for What Am Politics in your podcast app of choice or find us here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Something where a renaming has happened has been renaming of sports stadiums. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that, there's been a nasty taste to that. And I think for most people, like Anglesey Road, they don't think of maybe maybe you're lucky enough to maybe move in smooth circles, and you're lucky enough to have a friend who's who's wealthy enough to live there. But for most people, I think they think of it as a sports ground there, and possibly that yeah, it, it could be up for discussion. But I think having a discussion about it because 
like most street names in Dublin aren't named after someone who did something great for the city. And I think the other by bylaws suggest that they obviously Dublin's the capital city, so somebody someone who's done something great for Ireland can be considered for a, a yeah. Dublin street name. Whereas generally, I think it's it's a connection to the city in particular. And there, you know, there are other cities in Ireland. I mean, see Limerick and Cork have street names too. We're just talking about Dublin because because um, that's our narrow frame of reference. Well, it, and to be fair, I think Dublin has a lot of street names that are named after, you know, questionable individuals that we might think about sort of decommemorating. The park in Marion Square is officially that is named after a bishop. Am I right? You must be if you said it. But but no one calls it that. (laughs) Nobody calls it that, in fact. Oh, yeah, okay. Officially married the park in Marion Square with the beautiful statue of Oscar Wilde and is actually Archbishop Ryan Park. But very few people call it that. Well, yeah, because like Archbishop Dermot Ryan was very heavily criticised in the the Murphy report, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, the report con- conducted by the government into the sexual abuse scandal in the Diocese of Dublin. So, I mean, this is one of the downsides of naming, um, you know, of naming the park um, hastily after someone who's who's not. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was not dead long enough. Uh, yeah, Dermot Ryan um, gave the people of Dublin a public park on a site earmarked for a cathedral. Um, so the land at Marion Square was officially a gift from the Archbishop oh. to the city of Dublin. But, um, but on the condition it was named after him. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was named after him in his honour, all right, yeah. Yeah, when it was handed over. Um but yeah, I've no, I have absolutely no idea if, um, if, if it was named after immediately or I mean he died the following year after it was handed over to the, um, to the to to uh, to Dublin City Council. Oh. But like, there's a reason you have to wait x amount of years these days yeah. before after someone's death because you never know what's going to emerge. Like the, and turns out he was very complicit and involved in the cover up of sexual abuse in the diocese. So. And we, we no nobody nobody's going to call it. Uh, so in September 2010, after uh, the Murphy report, the city council officially voted to rename it Marion Square Park. Mm-hmm. So the park in Marion Square is Marion Square Park. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's um yeah, and and certainly it's it's a very factual name. It's not maybe like they named it after someone else. And I think we all know that the, often there can be an outpouring of grief for someone who turns out. After the fact, I'm obviously thinking of Jimmy Savile, who almost certainly would have had a street named after him as in Sheffield, as far as it leads. But yeah, so it, it, there's no harm waiting a couple of years uh, in, in many of these cases. One, something that maybe I, I think that there's, there are people who are connected to Dublin, and uh, maybe Dublin's culture, its image of itself. We don't go mad for naming naming things after politicians even even Griffith Avenue I suppose is the um, like Arthur Griffith had some some you know views which have not aged well and probably and frankly weren't great at the time either but um, but I suppose the uh, Collins Avenue and Griffith Avenue there's a kind of a, there's a symmetry to them uh, there's an intentional symmetry to them I think they, they was the, the plan was to have these kinds of Parisian avenues all across the north side it would have been nice wouldn't it <laughs> it would have been nice, but again, it's at the. I think it, it's it's one of these things. Maybe in the, in the 1920s, there there was they started out with some big ideas, and then they said, "Kind of ah, fuck it," <laughs> ran out of money. <laughs> but but one um yeah. one thing I would like, and I think say like for a lot of people, like Ulysses by James Joyce and Dublin are so intimately connected. Often people you, you ask people to name things or name what's so great about Dublin, and Ulysses does come up very quickly. 
And there's a real danger in thinking of, of, you know, Joyce kind of doing this thing all on his own and, you know, taking these great risks to create this masterpiece. But obviously, the Mueller season was made possible by people around him, friends, business associates who took great risks to financially and for their personal safety to make it happen. And like Sylvia Beach from Shakespeare and Company and her partner and her um, Adrian Monnier, they, they published, she, Adrian Monnier published the French edition of Ulysses and Sylvia Beach mm-hmm. again risked, um, it was an American expat and risks getting herself in trouble with Amer- with, with the American authorities given it was, it was banned at the time there. They they put themselves in a lot of, and I guess, personal danger to make Ulysses happen and they were part possibly not 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 compensated very well by the by the they Joyce. were they were absolutely hung out to dry by Joyce yeah they were absolutely hung out to dry uh, and I think Joyce's um Joyce's attitude towards them was it was so bad but it was it was it was in stark contrast by the way Beach discussed it afterwards mm-hmm. when somebody asked her like are you not annoyed that that James Joyce has basically left you <laughs> left you at, at a considerable financial disadvantage and gone on to reap the rewards of his his great book and she just sort of said well you know at the end of the day the baby belongs to the mother not the midwife yeah and that was very which I thought was very gracious incredibly gracious so gracious so that maybe we, we should maybe commemorate her this graciousness as being as important I mean midwives are important too and maybe you know have like and I would love the idea if you know if I had my druthers I would love to have if there was that in the capital city of Dublin where Ulysses said that there was a Sylvia Beach Street that crossed an Adrian Monnier Street I love the idea that kid children who were growing up gay in Dublin knew that there was um, a junction of, of two streets for people who were in love with each other is actually commemorated in the actual architecture of the city yeah it'd be nice and it'd be better than how we treated James Joyce uh, in his street name which <laughs> yeah. you know there's a you know there's a James Joyce Street I don't know where it is though. Ah, uh-huh. you see, it uh, runs close to uh, Foley Street, uh, up in the north. Side oh, I, of the I city. do know it. It's it's near Monto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Foley Street is the renamed uh, Montgomery Street, which was renamed not because of anything uh, the erstwhile Montgomery had done, but the fact is that Monto or Night Town, as Joyce called it, had entered the vernacular as the largest red light district in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> not a not a thing Catholic Ireland wanted. So they renamed it Foley Street. But there was a place running nearby called Faithful Place, <laughs> which I thought was just a lovely little irony that. Right next to Monto was Faithful Place. Yes. Um, but the, anyway, yeah, so that was renamed um, James Joyce Street uh, during the, um, the 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 rebuilding and the gentrification of the north side of Dublin. Um, so, yeah, um, right next to the world's big, or Europe's biggest red light district uh, was James Joyce uh, Street. And, of course, if you read Ulysses, if you've read Ulysses, there is obviously the mention of visiting a sex worker is in there. So it's kind of appropriate. But, yeah, I certainly would like to see Monier Beach treated a little bit better than that. I would like that, too. And I, we raised there the the G word, which um, there is um, sometimes the motives for renaming things are, you know, are honourable, they're corrective, they are part of a public discussion and they're, they're part of kind of the larger cultural project of of a, city, of a city council of a municipality other times they uh, can lead into gentrification to rebranding a an area that's that had that's been seen to have problems i'm thinking of kind of uh, of celtic tiger housing estates around but calling it 
oh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't name in particular states, but <laughs> but um, in Finglas and in Neilstown and in some other areas, that maybe the idea was that you could you you could get kind of a middle class first time buyer twenty something buyers to buy in a place that that wouldn't kind of terrify their parents. You know, and yeah, and that's actually and probably is ultimately counterproductive in that you're you're having people who don't really want to stay in the area, um, who are moving to a place that's and you know, that's that's giving itself a separate identity for yeah. Bad it's reasons. all it's all like the branding, like you know what I mean. Like, and it's 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 ridiculous. Like, have you heard of Sobo? Don't know if you heard of Sobo. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there was an estate agent who wanted to flog a patch of land in the South Dublin Docklands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they renamed this area Sobo for south of Beckett O'Casey because um, <laughs> it's south south of the Samuel Beckett Bridge yeah. and south of the Sean O'Casey Bridge. And so we ended up with Sobo, uh, which is, I think everyone in the universe can agree, a massive crock of shit. They did. I remember that they were briefly trying to market the um, the kind of the, those cool streets um, around kind of from Georgia Street down to um, South William and all these other places as soda south of south of Dame Street. Ugh. Yeah, but it's it, yeah. it feels very. I guess it feels very forced New Yorky, and and also they, they tried to um, name re, trying to re, rebrand the Liberties as Soho, south of Houston Station. <laughs> I mean, I think the most egregious, the most egregious one that sticks out in mind, though, is like the the Dublin Business Improvement District or or Dublin Town, as they're known, putting up, replacing the the beloved um, Nolakona sign on Grafton Street last Christmas with uh, Welcome to Grafton Quarter. And then, and then, of course, when they got a bit of criticism over, and like, let's be fair, mm. like the sign needed to be replaced. It was in, it was in a nap, like it had been falling apart for many years. Yeah. So it got, it got, it got sort of re, re, re redone and, and shifted around the corner to Harry Street, where it looks really, really nice at Christmas time. Yeah. But it was not that; it was the doubling down. It was the sort of like, what, what are you talking about? Loads of people call it Grafton Quarter. All the cool kids are calling it Grafton Quarter <laughs> these days. That that was where they opened themselves up to a little bit of a uh, little bit of criticism. Yeah, I'll say, gosh, that, that was a it was it was very misjudged, and that that sign is so beloved. And but yeah, the I think we're we're agreed that like for like the renaming or re, rebranding of kind of districts for commercial reasons, but is obviously a wary thing. But I do think that you, know, you don't want to maybe just suddenly like go and renaming rampage. But I think possibly if you, if they said maybe like if a council said yes, we're open to taking suggestions for renaming the following streets, maybe one a year in the next over the next ten years, having it as part of it's some something along the lines of the one city one book part of the city's kind of cultural outreach and discussion of way of getting history to being rediscussed, current affairs to be discussed. And that's a that's a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. Pick a street named after someone relatively unsavory. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, let's let's do it. Let's once a decade. Let's let's bring up some street names. Yeah, so excellent. The idea, yeah. So that we, each year, maybe another street is up for consideration. And it might very well be the case that people say, you know what, rename your street over our dead bodies. And you know, I I would absolutely respect that. And if but hundred percent, like yeah. And if it was don't don't yeah. take don't take Grafton Street from me now. It's mine now. Because mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, I know, like say, and yes, you, you find sometimes that. There are street names come up in song lyrics, and I'm thinking, yes, obviously Raglan Road is a is a we we love Raglan Road, and we love the fact and the streets named that. 
would the song lose some impact if, or would it change things if the street was named? Because I'm thinking the Twang Man is another song I enjoy. And he talks about the Carlisle Bridge in it. Which is, of course, renamed yeah. since. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but yeah, then so I think. I think half of, half of the, well, I think all the place names in the Twang Man are, are gone. <laughs> but but I, were, were they already gone at the time when that song was writ? To use the, the that, to use the term the, 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 the of the of the, the, the twang man. So, come listen to me story. It concerns a fine young man. When the militia wasn't wanting, he sold rope and twang. Um, he had a he loved a lovely maiden as fair as any old midge, and she kept a treacle depot one side of the Carlisle Bridge. Of course, a treacle depot being, um, you know, a brothel. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then another man can court and his, um, uh, he was the twang man and oh no, you know, his name was Mickey Bags. Uh, yeah, he was, was com- a commercial, commercial traveler, traveler and he dealt in bones and rags. And obviously that, that was a very funny way of a, a commercial traveler being a, yeah. a fancy way of referring to that. But then he took her out to Sandy Mount to see the waters. Well, so Sandy Mount is still there. Yeah. 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 And, and then of course, when the twang man took his revenge, he, he stood in wait near James's gate. Yeah. So that's still there. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, basically it's, it's just Carlisle Bridge. <laughs> oh man, the, the Twang Man's a great song, but it's so funny yeah, that the, it ends. Heavy. The Twang Man basically stabs Mickey Bags, and then the last verse of the song is, "Oh yeah, stay away from the ladies because you might end up like the Twang Man, <laughs> or you might end yeah. up like Mickey Bags." Not stay away from the Twang Man, stay away from the ladies. Is what there is, the, is what they're saying. <laughs> Well, so they, they reckon it was probably a Zosimus song and an awful lot of Zosimus's work, his poetry and his songs, mm-hmm. they were these um, uh, these sort of warnings, like they were called Kamalias, like come all you young men and listen to me. Mm-hmm. You, you always end up like there's loads of these songs uh, throughout, like not just Dublin history, but Ireland's history, like Curtain in the Kitchen, another uh, other song that they, that they, they sort of, they tell you, you know, here's a valuable lesson. You now stay away from the stay away from the mots. Yeah. Or if you're a young lady, stay away from the fellas. because, uh, you know, you might get dead. <laughs> you might get dead. I I think yeah, Courtin in the kitchen probably is uh <laughs> probably doesn't stand up to modern scrutiny very well at all. It's um but yeah, I mean we could drift onto that, but so I would say that yeah, what I would like to see is yes, so we say here's yeah, five streets. So for in twenty twenty one we're gonna recon we're gonna ask Nassau Street, keep or not? Do we want a street yeah. named after the Prince of Nassau, William of Orange? Yeah, that's it. Like, do, do people even know that Nassau Street's named after King Billy? They don't. And if they did, because I mean, because I, I do remember when um, Councillor Friel was was mayor of Dublin, she I think that she did invite the Orange Order to to have a march on Nassau Street. I'm not oh, sure. that worked out well. Yeah, didn't I think it? I think the, it 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 didn't go ahead, but it, it it started a discussion which led to the Love Ulster March. I think a few years later, which that went well, didn't, didn't, it? didn't <laughs> I would say that yeah, because I I actually remember that it was ha- all happened on the news, and my mom was in town getting her hair done, and I was and I was like, and I think my friends like, okay, you're worried about your mom. I was like, no, I'm worried about the Love Ulster lads. My mom's gonna fucking go mad on them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean that's it though. It maybe maybe the good people of Dublin, maybe the good burgers of the capital, will decide that you know the sash is an absolute bop. It's a proper good song, mm-hmm. and we want to keep Nassau Street. Or maybe they'll decide that Paul McGrath Boulevard is a much better 
Much better name. Or Twangman Avenue. Twangman Avenue, there's, yeah. There's Twangman Avenue, yeah, we could do that, we could do that. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's there's so many choices. Of course, the Irish for Nassau Street, well, there's Shroud Nassau on some of the signs, yeah. but some of the other signs, some of the older ones, uh, they say Shroud Hope or Fodrick, Patrick's Well Street, because there is an old holy well just on the grounds of Trinity College as it edges uh, Nassau Street, associated with St. Patrick, apocryphally. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we could have Tupper Patrick Street or Patrick's Well Street either, which which would be nice. And you raise a very important point, which is something very close to our heart and the folklore. The, the renaming of streets gives us another opportunity to, as well, to correct some in- incorrect kind of Irish or, some, or, or also to revisit the idea of maybe actually having Irish names first in some renamings and... Well, yeah, why wouldn't we? Like, why you wouldn't know, we? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things to bear in mind when it comes to Dublin's history is that there's not an awful lot of the city in which Irish would ever have been the dominant language. Mm-hmm. You know, as a city, it was originally Norse uh, and Danish and then Norman and then English and then eventually Irish in the 20th century. So, I mean... Yeah, there's no reason not to, but what are you going to, you know, if you want to reflect the cultural and linguistic heritage of it, there are parts of Dublin where Irish would have been spoken, out in the Liberties, just beyond the old city walls. And again, you can see that in some of the place names. You can see that in things like Mullinahack there in mm. Dublin Ace, that obviously had an Irish name first. And as you get further out, like Glasnevin, Irish name first, you know, um, there's Stony better. the... the yeah, exactly. Born a Gluck, yes. um, so the, the Stony Boher. We think yeah, but that batter is a form is is based on Boher. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Boher and a Gluck, and of course Boher, um, in its original, original, original sense, Bohar, a place to bring cows across. Mm-hmm. So it was a cow road, yeah. and and of course that was a cow road right up until the nineteen fifties and sixties, when the cattle marts were still on in Dublin, and um, the cattle marts were attended by. A person who I think there would that one of the risks, maybe possibly of a one of the risks of a public campaign is they might you might get. I think you would definitely get a Paddy Losty street being suggested. And why not? Like he was, like he brought cows into Stony Batter and then he had a few pints. Yeah, a few. Yeah, with, a few. A notorious pint man. Notorious pint man. One of Dublin's great pint men. Do you have fifty pints in a day, or is it twenty pints? I'm trying to remember. Either way, <laughs> he's pouring um, back. No, it was it was it was, it was uh, thirty on a regular occasion, wasn't it? Thirty pints or more in a day. And you know, and, and I bear think... in mind, and bear in mind, Paddy Losty, Paddy Losty has gone into the cultural sort of repertoire now because a very good photo of him existed in a book about Dublin pubs that was tweeted by John Garrity of the website Publin. Yes. And he became associated with the, the, the visual of the pint man. But it's very important to remember that he was one of Dublin's celebrated pint men and that there were many, many people like him who, who would, um, who would, you know, drink like hundreds of pints over a weekend and that's what they're famous for and, and is and, and is it fitting in Dublin that we name a street after them probably I think and you know and, and being totally serious that like streets don't have to be named after people who like people great people who've done amazing things or who've, who've done kind of a, who are world leaders or things there's a real argument for naming streets after ordinary people who were part of, the, of an areas of a local area's cultural heritage and Paddy Losty was is kind of an unknown soldier figure of a, a Dublin way of life um, that does deserve to be remembered. I think. I think just put a statue of Paddy Losty um, on Stony Batter on the way up to um, Heinz's pub. Yeah, I think that. I think. I think do that. Like do that in statues. And I think some of the some of the approaches to statuary over the last 
20 or 30 years has been has been absolutely brilliant moving away from this great man narrative of history yeah. and moving into this sort of you know we can we can celebrate the ordinary people like have you seen Mishnach uh, the statue up in Ballymun of a young woman on a horse I I, I, have, I remember this at the time when it came out because I think I, I remember at the time there was a yeah, discussion that uh, but it, it, it's a very powerful statue yeah, but like that's the thing. Like you can't do it with a street name, because mm-hmm. if you if you go Paddy Losty Street, you ignore all of the other great point men of Dublin. But mm-hmm. you know, Mishnach, it's a statue. It's one of many young people from Ballymun who who were part of that area and part of the tapestry that makes Ballymun Ballymun. So they chose this one image of one young woman on one horse. But it's it's everyone. It's everyone mm-hmm. who grew up there, and it's everyone who belongs there, and it's everyone who who has a connection with the place, and it's brilliant and. Like, how can we, how can we make our street names better reflect, you know, where we are right now? It certainly isn't by hanging on to things like, you know, uh, Camden Street. Yeah, great. I love Camden Street, but it's named after a former Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, you know. And we also need to discuss another practical issue, which is that that street is bananas. That it's, it's one long street with five or six names. I'm not changing that. You can't change that. I'm not changing <laughs> It's justice, like a, a justice point, you know? for Wexford Street. Justice for so, Wexford Street. It was easier to tell where Wexford Street ended and Camden Street began when we had the Wexford Inn. Yeah, but the Wexford Inn is gone, and and unfortunately, now it's kind of guesswork. You know, is it mm-hmm. Wexford Street? Is it Camden Street? Does it matter? If you get in a taxi and ask to go to Wexford Street, are you gonna are you gonna get there? Like. Hmm. Camden Street's close enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is. It's bananas. But I suppose it obviously comes from the fact that like these streets used to be very, very different and they didn't used to connect to each other. But then when we started to widen the thoroughfares, it just became one long boulevard. And yeah, look, it's great. Like you can walk down one street from Dame Street all the way to the canal, but it Mm. has five or six different names. I don't know. The more names, the better, dude, I think. I think this was, I guess I'm just, yeah, I, I'm just thinking of the practicality of it. And that is it's one, one long L street with several names and it, I guess some people would find it a little untidy, but yes, if, if the names mean something, then, then have them, if they, if they don't mean anything, then, you know, it's, it's something that it could be part of this, the city's engagement with itself to consider that, you know, we have just one long, you know, um, one long hockey street and... <laughs> <laughs> is he dead long enough I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't not sure I don't think he'll ever be dead long enough <laughs> I, I think I, I think his I think his centenary may have passed actually now that you mention it but yeah no, I have a feeling no he was born in Castlebar in 1925 okay so five so years five yeah, years before we yeah. can we can reevaluate that the, the I mean Hottie's, he's played legacy <laughs> he's been played by Aidan Gillen so maybe he, that's enough for him <laughs> I just can't wait for Aidan Gillen Street man just <laughs> It's Ireland's indeed. greatest actor it's something else uh, Patter thank you so much for joining me today for this uh, discussion and for all of you listening in who are living on the island of Ireland in the Republic or in the North uh, it's probably no harm looking at your local county or city council's approach for naming streets um, is it something there's public consultation on do they have rules for how long after a person's death yeah, or I not I think that's a, that's a, it's a good idea it's a good idea and it, and it really shows that you can actually have a meaningful level of civic engagement. And eventually, we know what the end goal is, um, a Derek O'Shea Street in every town and city <laughs> on the island. 
Well, <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd settle for I'd settle for one in Rathfarnham. Uh, that would do. That would do. Yeah, that's where your legacy will be well, felt. Or failing that, you know, I think if they're going to name if they're going to rename a street now, they could rename the no, Rathfarnham is is fairly okay with the place names. We never we have a white church road, and there was a white church on at one point. <laughs> There was a white church in Rathfarnham. There's a yellow house in Rathfarnham. It's not exactly the land of imagination. <laughs> We're very factual. <laughs> Absolutely. Explains why you won awards for nonfiction, to be honest. <laughs> you know. Pat, thank you for joining me today. And until the next time, Slow Lamsha. And a Slow Lamsha. Mind yourselves. Do you want to do an outro? Yeah, sure. Cool. Reminder that Motherfucker comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please rate, share and review. And if you're interested in supporting Motherfucker, we have a Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash Derek and you can help us create podcasts and get access to exclusive live episodes, Q&As with the content creators, discounts on the artwork of the amazing Kirsten Shield, and so much more. So if you want to support Mother Folklore into the future, it is patreon.com forward slash Derek. Our thanks as always to Brian for producing and to Kirsten for the amazing artwork and we'll see you on Ina Shahuggan next Friday. Sloan. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.